What is up, guys? Sorry for the delay or, I guess, break we've had. Episode 81 here. Speaking of break, we might have broken hearts on this one. Yeah, a little bit. This a lot of us. Oh, by the way, I don't know how many of you guys uh, understood it from the beginning or if your heart was broken or if I'm just putting too much credit for our podcast on that April Fool's joke the other day. <laughs> there was a couple people that knew it right off top, but I had I had one person text me be like, dude, what happened? Right. And I was like, oh, just click the article and scroll down. And they were like, oh, <laughs> touche. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> I mean, you got to do it. It's April 1st. Yeah. April 1st is always a rough day for me because you got to be on your P's and Q's. Otherwise, you get caught slipping. And when you get caught slipping on April 1st, never ends well. No. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there. I texted you, but you hadn't answered me. I was like, I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, well, I, I didn't text back for like five minutes, and then the next text I got was, hey, I'm doing it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I, it's not going to hurt anything. It's not no. posting an opinion what? or anything to where I feel like we both need to have something in on it. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this up there just to try to get a rise from people. You knew I'd be good with it anyways. Yeah. That's something we were both on the same page. Any Anytime we can have a little bit of fun and it's not at the expense of anybody, I'm always with it. Yeah. It was it was funny seeing Tess on there, though. She commented yeah. on there and said, turd. And I was like, good. We got someone at least. Yep. <laughs> so... We're going to do things a little differently. I know normally we do we start out with talking about a topic, and then we go into our locks of the week. But with this being tourney time and us missing a full week of the NCAA tournament, we're going to go ahead and throw our lock of the week in there and get that out of the way so we can talk about the tournament because we both know that's what everyone wants to really talk about anyway. Yeah, except for the teams losing who lost. But this is this is episode 81, by the way. That's after the number 80 and before the number 82. It's also the square of nine and the fourth power of three. So, you know, just, just throwing that information out there for you. I feel like I'm I'm listening to the count on Sesame Street. Like, <laughs> what are you talking, where did this come from? Wikipedia. Yeah. I mean, Wikipedia's got some great information <laughs> for me. You just look up random facts about the number 81. No, those are not random. Those are specific to number 81, which is very significant to this podcast. Didn't, didn't that uh, 81, that's what Kobe dropped, right, on the Raptors? Uh, yes. So you missed your you missed your chance of dropping the most sports-esque fact about the number 81 on the podcast. No, we didn't miss it. You brought it up. I was throwing you, you know, setting the softball up for you, giving you the t-ball shot. I always, every time I think about it, I feel like there's only going to be like maybe three people that get this reference. But if there's three people out there that get this reference, then I'll be happy about it. The Kobe one or something different? It's it's kind of references the Kobe one. There okay. was a... I, I don't remember if it was NBA Bryant Kobe or Kobe Bryant NBA courtside two, or if it was another uh, NBA game, but they had this nerdy guy playing street basketball. Okay, and he talked about Kobe uh, Kobe playing and dropping eighty one and all this stuff, and the tagline for you know the final thing that he said was, "Oh yeah, eighty one against the Raptors. That's all good. Try dropping eighty one on the mongoose." <laughs> and it's just like dude with a mullet and these goggles and I don't know I don't know why but I never I'll never forget that mongoose sound tough I yeah, mean, that's try, a violent try animal eighty one on the mongoose yeah that's a violent animal man I got respect for that but what was funny I know we said we we're gonna start with the lock of the week but what was funny yeah this is the first time we've had a lock of the week like this yeah this is we're going to straight up head to head lock of the week straight up head of the head. We're opening up with it. A lot of good stuff in this. And it's in the second best tournament for NCAA over the CIB, which is not tough, but 
still. Yeah, so it was funny because we sit here like I always talk about and we'll do a little bit of research and we'll do this and that and we'll usually tell each other what our locks of the week are going to be so either A, if we need to look up stuff about it, we can or B, oh, okay, this is what I need to be ready to talk about. Right. He says, oh, I know what I'm going to do. It's my lock of the week. I'm going to do the NIT championship. And I was like, are you serious? That's what I was going to do. And he was like, yeah, dang it. He was, I was like, who are you going to take? He said, the team you're going to take. And I was like, oh, Lipscomb? He was like, no, Texas. And I was like, good, we're both doing a lock of the week for that game because right. I'm not taking those bums to Texas. And I told you, I saw their best basketball. I know what they're capable of. Obviously, they're a player down. But still, I, I like Texas's chances. And Texas is a favorite by a point and a half. Um, ESPN has them favored about 60% to 40% too. Not that that matters at all, but uh, both teams are playing really well, so it should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're in the championship of the NIT. So, I mean, even if it is the second-rate tournament in, in men's basketball right now, you you still got to be playing good basketball to get in the championship of that. Well, the best thing about Texas is Texas typically scores higher point totals, right? In their yeah. last win, they scored 58 points against TCU. So, I'm like, all right, that shows me they can win at a couple of different ways. And, obviously, they're winning on the defensive end more than anything with Shaka, but still. I like Texas's chances. Yeah, you give me Lipscomb. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with Lipscomb in the in the one and a half. The Bisons. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking. <laughs> You're talking about food. What about Longhorns? Yeah. Yeah. That's steaks a, are delicious. There you go. Too. I mean, it's the battle of the of the better food. Which one are we going? If you there? told me I had to either choose bison or steaks, I wouldn't be able to choose, man. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah I guess you can have a bison steak too. I'm sure. Uh, I'm. I mean, but man, I'm, that's that's like a mind explosion right there. For sure. Uh, now I'm gonna be looking for a bison. A steak. bison steak probably cost me an arm and a leg, but it's probably worth it too. <laughs> so you got Texas. I got Lipscomb. Point and a half, and I'm fine with that. Yep. That so, point and a half could come in handy if if one of these teams wins by two. Obviously, the team will see. Yeah, by all two all be, Lipscomb yeah. has to do is just win. Yeah, because they're one and a half point dogs. Correct. So, all Lipscomb has to do is win. They can win by one, and guess what? I win. Yeah, and Texas can also <laughs> win by one, and guess what? You win too. So yeah, so sucks sucks to suck over there, Texas. No, no, no. I still like our chances. So, like you mentioned. It is a tough time for us in in this tournament because both of our teams have lost some of our some of ours earlier than others, some of ours like the very first game in the tournament. Well, and that this time of the year, I don't think that even matters to be honest. Anytime your team loses, you know they're out for the season. And the biggest thing to me is uh, ours was a senior led team, so it's like there's a lot of players I'm not going to ever see in a Tar Heels jersey again. Yeah. Five of them, to be exact, who are not only seniors, but some good players. By the way, I I didn't go a little bit off script here. Yeah. I I don't – like, I could get maybe Hansbro. How can you not like Luke May? Who doesn't like him? Well, I mean, you you hear your different rumblings, like, oh, North Carolina. Luke May, one, you can't say – like, this is one of the more in-your-face – of player development that we've seen in a while, I feel like, as far as a guy going over a four-year career. Because if you look at pictures of him when he came into North Carolina, he looked like me. Right. He's just a fat dude that – Well, he's a walk-on. I mean – And now he's – I mean, he wasn't an All-American this year, but I believe he was last year. 
Yeah, I think he was this year, just not uh, first team or all. I don't know about all American, but ACC. I mean, yeah, he was all ACC. Yeah. Um, but just I, I got to give credit where it's due, man. That guy balled out for. I mean, he kind of he kind of woke up two years ago. It was like the year that that you all beat Kentucky with his final shot. Was like the year that he kind of came around. Yeah, and it well, was he really wasn't getting a ton of PT that year, yeah. even too. He just hit that clutch basket, and that pushed him in. And that was his tournament run that really elevated his status. They needed a, a stretch power forward. Yeah, and so that's why he got to play. But after and, that, he he fit that role well. And that's, I mean, that's credit you got to get to him and as well as Roy Williams. Just, I mean, that guy got a lot better every year, it seemed like. Or he at least knew what his role was. Well, and let's be honest, that's a guy who you didn't expect to be a great college player no. either. Like, the skill set he had coming into North Carolina, he wasn't even on anybody's radar. He hits that big shot and shows you he's got steel cojones, and you're like, okay, what will happen in the future? I said he walked into class the next day and everybody gave him a standing ovation. He had class the next morning at like 8 a.m something like that so they fly back overnight goes to class the next morning receives a standing ovation and it's been downhill since then i don't think he's going to get nba looks at all but i'm hoping he goes and plays overseas i I think he might get a splash in the nba but i think you're right overall he's not going to have i don't i don't think he'll have an extended career i I would agree no i don't think he gets drafted he's not one of the top 60 players he's got intangibles but he's undersized I would see him more as like a, a free agent signing somewhere late, like a 10-day contract a couple of times, yeah. maybe make a year, or like a two-way player or something. G League two-way contract for yeah. sure, or even I mean, summer league. I mean, he's, not a, he's one of those guys that you know you're going to get and he's not going to hurt you. True. And that, Defensively, he might be a liability in the NBA, though. I could see him fitting on a team like a San Antonio or like a Golden State. Like a team Golden State a, was who I was thinking. Like a Golden State, like yeah. a team that's already set in stone, you know what you got. Or even a team like Milwaukee. I think he could fit with Milwaukee really well because you give him a, another Space. rebounder and he can shoot still. It, it's yeah. it's all about Holzer's system. I think yeah. that could work. But as far as the players they've got there, I don't think he necessarily – and obviously that's a lot of teams too. Yeah. But um, Utah, I could see him. Yeah, he he's. I, I think he 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 never tries to go outside of what he is. No, and I think that may end up helping him. I, again, I'm not saying he's going to be a star, and I'm not even going to say he's going to have an extended career in the NBA. But I think he may be able to find a niche. I hope so. It's like I said, I don't I don't see him being in there at all. I, I hope he goes and plays in CBA in China, make a good amount of money, do the thing that he loves the most, have a good living over there, teach our own. Yeah, but uh, like we mentioned, Louisville lost in the very first round to uh, Minnesota. Uh, I think you picked Minnesota, right? I did, yes, sir. Yeah, you picked Minnesota. And I'll be honest with you, it just didn't feel like they they could miss. I didn't pick them to make 53s, no. No, I, like they averaged eight, three, eight threes all a game all season. No, five. Or five, I'm sorry. Yeah. And they hit, what, 13? A ridiculous amount. It was like 12 or 13 threes. It just felt like they weren't ever going to miss. Right. And then uh, shot 50%, 40% from the three line. Yeah, they were on fire. Yeah, and – just hit us at the wrong time. We made a valiant comeback at the end, and I thought we were going to, you know, maybe put – I think we pushed that game in overtime and we win the game because they were starting to wear down. It definitely showed because we threw on a three-quarter court press and it wore them out. Yeah, well, Murphy's back hurt and killed them too, but obviously I mean, they had other heck, pieces. Heck, his, his back hurt and killed us too. It was like he was going out and getting cortisone shots or something, coming back and killing us. Yeah. 
Well, they had him standing up on the bench, which I was like, all right, if he's not even sitting down, you know it's it's a problem at that yeah. point. But, yeah, it's like you said, in my opinion, the difference in the game was a three-point shooting. And they were open shots, but that was obviously part of the scouting report. And, you know, when you got Kalshier hitting five of them and Coffey hitting three of them, those are two guys. Kalshier's their shooter, but Coffey's a guy who you probably don't expect to hit those three threes. No, I mean – they had that that guy that had the hurt back, had hit Murphy. Yeah, had hit two all season, I believe. I think so. And, and he hit three. Two, and he hit two during the game. Yeah. So it's just like, I hate saying that, but it was just like wrong place, wrong time. You guys got hit by a team that was. Uh, granted, yes, they did have open shots at some points, but it was just like, man, at some points you just can't do anything but throw your hands in there and say, look, man, this team's just hitting and they're better than us today. Well, that's a t- thing I've seen in this tournament, too, is you haven't seen a ton of teams play poor basketball. Like, it's been to win a game, you have to actually go out and earn a game, which I like to see a lot of times. There's obviously other games that, I mean, I think a Buffalo versus Texas Tech, that wasn't no. A game that Texas Tech had to go out and win. I mean, heck, even the Texas Tech-Michigan game, I have to throw you, but oh, that, yeah. that game was boring. Yeah. And well, Michigan's style of play normally is not that entertaining. It but. was like 5-5 five to five with 11 minutes left in the first half, and I was like, it was right after a really good game, which I don't remember. I think it might have been the Purdue. It wasn't the Purdue-Tennessee game, was it? I don't recall what game it was after. It was after the Central Florida Duke game. And I was like, dude, I'm not even going to flip this game on. I just watched an exciting game. I'm not even going to flip this game on. I turned it on for a little bit, and I think the score was like 22-16 to at halftime. And I was like, yeah, I'm not watching the rest of this. I'll just watch a different game. Yeah, Michigan Michigan is a tough team to watch at all. But um, I think Culver in the second half of that game, he was exciting to watch. He had, I think, six possessions in a row at one point where he was making some type of big-time move late in the shot clock typically. And then on the other end, they had a couple of nice blocks. I mean, that center had the block of the tournament, even though he saved it from out of bounds. But still. Um, yeah, I'll tell you this, man. He – I know he's already projected top ten. He may be projecting it. He may be playing himself into the top five, Culver. Culver has been playing his tail off in this tournament. Yeah, he's shooting a lot better than what I expected, but he gets to the rim easier than what I anticipated too. I mean, he's he's finishing tough shots around the rim, but getting to the rim is the first thing. And I, I definitely give him credit because I didn't expect him to be that good. And then Brandon Clark is the other guy. Brandon Clark looked really, really good That's in a couple of games. the center for Gonzaga? Yep. Yeah. He Which I don't know if he'll actually be a center. but yeah. I mean, he's very, very undersized. Yeah, well, he and, came, I think they said San Jose State or somewhere he was yeah. a grad transfer from. So, I, I just, it's like I said, I underrated him heavily. And uh, when we saw that report of the best players in the league, he was on there, and I was like, he's way too high on that. Well, then as soon as I watched that game where he dropped 30-something, I was like, okay, I was wrong. Because it was mainly deuces, I mean, or and ones. Yeah. Uh, so, both of our teams lost. You, you guys played a hot team who I honestly didn't believe in, and I was almost right. I, again, almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, they say, but uh, I, was, I, I should have been right. New Mexico should have knocked them out in the first round, Auburn. Auburn, Auburn. Auburn gave that game to New Mexico. Kind of. And gives the guy a wide-open three. New Mexico State, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the guy gets a wide-open three. There was no one between me and New Albany from this guy, and he just airballed it. And he had just hit two threes in the last minute. 
Yeah, but that's a, like, that's a man. pressure shot. They definitely had a misread on the switch. I think that the ball going out of bounds, too, was a mistake on their part. I mean, I don't remember if it was a controversial call or if it was just one of those things where they dropped it or something or tipped it off. I don't remember how it went out, but I remember thinking that should have been – Auburn should have had that. And then, like you said, they just switched a, a slip-down screen, and he had a wide-open shot in the corner, and he rushed it. I don't know why he rushed yeah, it. Yeah, he rushed and just shot it over the rim. Deep and wide right, too. Yeah. I mean, it was not even close. And uh, I felt bad for the kid, but obviously, it's like I said, I would have really been okay with them losing, especially hindsight being twenty twenty. But that was the team I told you from the start. I mean... Auburn worried me. I love Kentucky. I don't love them, but I, I'll give them credit. They're a good team this year. And Auburn worried me a lot more than what Kentucky did because of style of play and, and defensive matchup against North Carolina. And just how they've been playing. Yeah. It's what it is. The tournament, I mean, you look at like a Michigan State, you know, they're the, whatever team is hot, Purdue even, whatever team is hot and playing good basketball, if they can keep that streak going, they're tough to stop. Yeah, I mean – Auburn kind of hit you guys the way Minnesota hit us, and just they just never stopped. It felt like against you all. Yeah, it just it felt like they were hitting everything, and then you thought that I felt like you guys were going to make that run when Okiki went down. Uh, which well, was a way, couple of times before then that they were pressing even to make a little bit of a run, but obviously they came out and got hit right in the mouth uh, <clears throat> coming out of halftime, and it was. I mean, that was tough ever ever since you get down by 14, roughly, somewhere around there. Because you were down four at halftime. I think it was 32-28. Which, they once come, again, it should have been less. I mean, it should have been a two-point game at halftime. Yeah, I think you all had I a turnover, and they got a breakaway and laid it up right before the half. It might have even been two. Whatever it was, I remember after the first half going, first of all, we should have been up. Second of all, we're still in this, but they're not hitting threes. So that means either one of two things. They're either going to come out and start nailing them, or it's going to be one of those games where they just don't hit. And sure enough. <laughs> yeah, they they went ham in the second half. and. I, I told you, man. I was like, I don't expect Auburn to beat you all. I think, I don't think that uh, Harper's going to be able to contain White, and it it was just a they just started hitting everything in the second half. I think they started out outscoring you guys by nine or ten points to start the second half. Yeah, to go up fourteen, to go up fourteen early, like you said, and it just they just never really looked back. You all cut it to single digits a couple of times, and then uh, Okiki goes down with that terrible ACL injury. Which give credit to your all's players, which I'm not saying that no team will do this, but like, uh, Brandon, who, who Cam was, Johnson, and Brandon, who was, the, who was the one that was gardening? Brandon Robinson. Yeah, Brandon Robinson. Immediately, as soon as he goes down, he's just like trying to console him because he knows that like this dude is hurt bad. Yeah, and I, I like that, and I I, I like seeing that stuff from other players. The I mean, because I mean, they're doing the same thing. They're fighting the same fight, and one of their guys goes down, even if he is on another team. It sucks to see that. Well, there's a couple things with that. Kenny Williams has had that injury before, so Kenny Williams was another guy who went over to him. But, two, I'm trying to think of who, when Bolden went down, North Carolina did the same thing. So, North Carolina has kind of set that precedent all year. They don't want to win by that type of loss, but obviously there's nothing that you can do at that point. So, they're just literally giving them – 
his condolences and he knew he didn't do anything malicious to hurt him it was kind of more of a non-contact deal i watched the highlight like six times and was still like what exactly happened and that's when unfortunately you know it's probably something serious yeah because i mean he drove and kind of touched him but his leg just buckled and it definitely wasn't from touching him his leg just buckled no, yeah, it was. It wasn't anything he did. But think about it; they had eight guys hit a three against us. Yeah, eight of them. So, and at the end of the game, dude, it was literally like they were doing Harlem Globetrotter shots. They were oh, just like man. throwing them up, and they were going in. And yeah, it was. Purifoy played twelve minutes and had four threes. That's the one. Those are the ones that timing wise, like you said, they'd go on a run, and then all of a sudden he'd hit one, and you're just like, this this dude can't really shoot. And it's pretty cool him. watching him play after us after knowing we watched him at that game at Taylor County because it's like, yeah, he was just an athletic freak when we watched him play for Hargrave, right? And now he's out there shooting jumpers. Like his jumpers looked decent here as of late. Yeah, the form and everything looks fine. And he went four for six in the North Carolina game. They were all three, so it's like I said, that's fine. I mean, the form is a little different compared yeah. to what you – but I say, like, it when he shoots it, you're like, all right, that's got a chance. Yeah. But that game, it moved uh, – it moved uh, – what's it moved Auburn forward to play Kentucky. Kentucky uh, beat – Abilene Christian, which was like Portland Christian, that might Smitty brought up and said that might be one of the worst tournament teams I've ever seen. That team was really bad. Yeah, they were. I like how they were a 15 and not like a 20 seed because they were really really bad. Well, the two games, what was the two games that they had? Both their records were 18 and 15, and I think that's why those teams were where they were at, and and Christian was there. And then obviously some people speculated that because. That bottom bracket was so tough. That's why they thought Iona wasn't that. I mean, I I think Iona was better than Abilene Christian, but that's splitting hairs at that point. I don't care about any of that stuff. So they beat them. They had a they had a really tough game with uh, Wofford, which yeah. I thought they would. There was a few people out there that didn't think that they would have a close game at all. It here's here's a thing that I, annoyed me. So before the tournament, I said I felt like Kentucky has a really tough bracket. And it wasn't just because I felt like both of you all did. Right. And then I get these Kentucky fans writing on my status, our bracket ain't tough. Our bracket, but, and, but then you go into the Wofford game, and they're like, this Wofford team's tough. Yeah, because no, none of them had heard of Fletcher McGee before yeah, the this, first game. This Houston team's tough. Yeah. Like, dude, get out of here. Two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, you all were talking about how you ought to cakewalk to the Final Four because you had already beaten North Carolina, so you didn't have to worry about them. Right. By 13, right? Wasn't it 13 yeah, we, earlier? We blew season? North Carolina out. Right. So do we the first time. And guess what? We got drummed the next, <laughs> the next time we played them. So uh, teams are different. Granted, Kentucky is different as well. Right. I felt like if you all matched up again, I felt like you all were going to win. I just did. I, you all played on a neutral court. Yeah. I know it's throwing stuff out of it because you all didn't play. But right. I, I got so tired of hearing that. Matchup-wise, I think, like I said, I like that matchup a lot better than an Auburn type of team. So especially, I'm not Especially with P.J. Washington, which, by the way, I'm not saying it's a hoax, but the way that dude played, I don't think his foot was really that messed up. <laughs> Why was that in a hard cast? Yeah, but he was on a scooter and everything. So, like. If they did, I don't think it was them faking it. But if they did, it was like uh, movie level quality. Like, dude, I, I don't. I, again, I'm not saying that he was not hurt. Right. 
But I don't know You're if he was. It. I don't know if he was as hurt as they're putting on. He maybe well, they he said was, the whole time it was a strain. But when you hard cast something for a strain, that's just odd to me. Yeah, it, it was uh, an overall like, odd situation. Nobody heard that he was hurt. Then he shows up in a booth. Then he shows up in a hard cast. And then he shows up in a hard cast with a scooter. Then they say he's going to be back against Wofford. Then they sit him again. And it's like okay. Now he plays against Houston, and he had – I told you this. I think I told somebody else this. But he had a key and one, which he missed the free throw, so that hurt him. He had a key block, and he had a key rebound to win that game. Like, I'm not going to say without him they don't win the game, but when that Houston team starts coming back at the end, P.J. was the guy who steadied the ship along with heroes. I'm going to I'm gonna say this quote because this is from a Kentucky fan so that people don't say that I'm just being that guy. <laughs> All right. The last play, I think his last name is Davis, the point guard that started going off for Houston towards the end of the game. Yeah. he They run that isolation play where, where he had just been chewing Hagens. I love Ashton Hagens, but he was chewing Hagens there for about a four- or five-minute span where he was doing whatever he wanted. He drives baseline, and Hagens kind of nudges him a little bit with his chest, and the guy misses a shot and falls down. Right. My bro- I don't think it was a foul. My brother Matt's exact quote was, I'm really surprised they didn't call that there. And that when he said that, I was like, okay, then I don't feel like being – I don't feel like I'm that guy when I'm saying that. Right. Was it a foul? Would I call it a foul? No. But the way those officials had called that entire game, that was a foul. Yeah, next level, that's not a foul. That's why I say I always want to see them kind of be set up for success. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys It's like that complains with – when I complain with officials – or umpires or referees or anything, my complaint is always just be consistent. If you're consistently bad, that's fine. You're just being consistent. If you're consistently calling something tight, that's fine. Just be consistent. If you're consistently calling a a ball on on the outside corner, that's fine. Just be consistent. And I don't feel like that's consistent. And that's something that I've always disagreed with when people say, well, you can't call that at that point in the game. No. If it's a foul in the first minute, it's a foul in the last minute. I've never agreed with that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I think consistency, too, if it's the same both ways is the more important thing to yeah. me than calling it consistent through the game. Mac and I had to ref these little kids a couple of weekends ago, and I was telling them, too, I was like, all right, we got to start tightening it up a little bit because it was getting out of hand. But I'm telling you, something, is something not like easy. That, something like that's different. Like when oh, you see sure. something, Because if you want to let people play – after right. a while, the competitive nature starts to come out in people's minds, and then they do don't know, and then they don't know how to control something. Right, and then you do have to tighten up. But if you just tighten up, just because you're just like, man, we should just probably tighten up, even though there's nothing going on. That's what makes me mad. Well, I'm sure most of our listeners have seen Hardball with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Great movie with G Baby. Oh, Very man. sad. R.I.P. But it, it, not R.I.P. anybody, but I'm telling you, when I first refereed this little kid's league, the first thing I thought of was hardball. Because <laughs> I told you, the first week, there's a kid on the sideline who isn't even playing, but he's sitting on the bench. And a kid scores a bucket, and he's kind of running down the sideline, kind of showboating a little bit. And next thing I know, the two are scrapping on the court, just squaring up, 
talk about it first and then start throwing down and I'm like oh this is what we're getting into you know so me being the ref that I am I don't kick anybody out I don't give anybody a technical we separate the little kids we tell them one to go back and sit down I tell the other little kid hey what are you doing like you just scored a bucket you're on the court your team needs you don't mess this up and then we're on to the next play at that point so yeah, yeah that's what I think of obviously that's a big difference from NCAA basketball but yeah, yeah I'm telling you it it made both me and Max say after the game, dude, we when we would play and we'd give refs a hard time or anything like that, or you're in the stands giving refs a hard time, you don't understand. Like you, you feel somebody smack you on the arm and you're like, Oh, that's an obvious call right there. There's not many obvious calls out there. I promise you that. And that's that's what I said as I've grown older, because I know that I've been there's sometimes I've complained about officials, but most of the yeah. time my complaint with officials is just not being consistent. Yeah. If you're consistent, I'm, I'm fine with it. Well, emotions get involved, and once you get emotional, you say things that you don't truly mean, so that's yeah. going to happen. But uh, Auburn moved past you guys, and UK moved past Houston, and had an SEC matchup. Kentucky coming off the last time playing Auburn and just absolutely kicking them to the dirt. I think they beat them by close to 30. And kind of like how Louisville woke up North Carolina, it kind of woke up Auburn. They yeah. woke up Auburn, and Auburn reeled off some wins in the SEC tournament, won the SEC tournament, and has now reeled off wins and put themselves in their first Final Four ever. Yeah, it's impressive. And, and not only that, they're playing without Okiki, and I can't more than – me disliking Kentucky, I was more happy about this because of the sign that 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 uh, frat house made. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing that because they made one before the Houston game too, and I don't know if you saw that one. We're gonna finish off what Harvey didn't. Like right. the stuff you all say is disgusting to me, to be honest with you. And I, I don't know. It makes me mad, and it makes me. I know I shouldn't take it out on the players or, or dislike that team more because of what some idiot fans say, but that makes me so mad yeah, that those people are saying that stuff. They, I'm sure it's uh, you know this isn't giving them a pass, but it's everywhere. But you know we we see a lot of it, and I I just don't absorb it because it's like I said I don't I got nothing to do with any of that. There's no good that comes out of it. A, you're going to have hate in your heart towards them, and B. Obviously, they've got hate in their heart putting something like that on it. And some of it, there's a fine line between comedy and and sickness when it comes to some of that stuff. So, like, wherever I go, hey, man, that's sickness. Like, some of my comedy people would say, hey, you crossed lines on it. So that's where I'm like, oh, yeah. Did you? By the way, did you see Profi responded to it? No. Yeah, he responded to it on Instagram. He said, I got something for you all. I mean, they gave them a, they gave them an L. So I mean, PJ Washington. The reason I more more than the Houston game in yeah. this game, this is the game that I really felt like, man. Either a he just is superhuman and healing, or b he really was not as hurt as they said, because he just went off against Auburn. Yeah, he was the only reason they were really in that game for a lot of it, or, it, or he was the only reason they were winning. He was literally doing whatever he wanted. Yeah, he didn't look like he lost a step. And no. when you've got a bum wheel. Like, typically, that's going to slow you down in some form or fashion. But it did not in the least bit. What did he end up with, like 25 and 13, something like that? Ish. Yeah, he just, he absolutely killed Auburn. But Auburn ended up pushing the game to to overtime. 
uh, or Kentucky pushed it to overtime because Auburn had taken the lead late, pushed it to overtime, which normally the team that pushes it to overtime is the team that normally takes over in overtime. And Auburn shut that down. Yeah, they shut it down pretty quick and kind of led throughout the whole entire overtime and took the win. And like I, like I mentioned before, went to their first uh, Final Four. Yeah. Yeah, P.J. had 28. I was looking it up. Sorry, P.J. had 28, so he killed the whole time. But that's the thing about Auburn. It's like I was telling you, you got Brown shooting the lights out. You got Harper shooting the lights out. Though Kiki lost hurts a ton. But if these other guys are going to step up and hit big shots like what they were, that's tough to defend. And then, obviously, going into overtime, you don't hit the big shots. You end up losing that game. Yeah, because absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They were on a, what, 12-game winning streak, like you said? I mean, that's, that's it's a, a lot. It's a decent amount. I'm not exactly sure what the number is now. Yeah. But, I mean. Well, now it's zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, oh, you're talking about Kentucky. Yeah. Or no, cause Kentucky was only on a four-game winning streak. So, yeah, now it's 12 or 13 for Auburn. Oh, yeah. But Kentucky, zero. I thought, you, I thought that's what you were saying. No, I, I was going to Auburn because I don't remember when they played last uh, or when they lost last, I guess it was right, the Kentucky was, game they lost. Yeah, it was twenty nine. I think they lost by twenty nine. So, yeah, I mean that game was just horrible, and it seems like every team has one of those. It, I mean, you all had one against us. Kentucky had one against Duke. Auburn had like that one like that. Well, we didn't uh, get drummed, but I told you we had one of those to Texas earlier in the season too. I think yeah. it's on Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving. I mean, it seems like every team has one of those every year in college basketball. Yeah, and. Unless you're, I mean, unless you're Kentucky in 2015 when you went undefeated until the tournament, and because I, I, I mean that lost to Wisconsin, that's a story for a different time. But uh, that set up a Final Four with two teams that have never been there, and I, I know a lot of people aren't really excited about it. I think you and I both are because we're both basketball junkies, right? And I think that it's not really. There's three like styles, but they're different. And then there's one team that literally just likes to throw the ball out and just go up and down and just shoot threes. Yeah. But the other three teams, as as much as I say that they're alike, I still think they're different. Yeah. If that makes sense. For sure. Obviously, the style of defense is what's biggest difference to me. I mean, you got Michigan State who's going to pressure you a little bit and then defend one-on-one without a ton of help. You got Virginia who's the pack line defense who's going to help a ton. Everybody's hands basically touch in it. You got Texas Tech who just has elite athleticism. Yeah. And move. I mean, if they wanted to, they could put on some presses that would and, give and by, and by the way, a reference to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, I'm yeah. hearing no one at all give them for, a chance. For coach of the year, other than Chris Beard, I'm hearing oh, no, no, nothing. Oh. Don't tell me anybody. They were projected. I didn't realize this till the other day. They were projected last in the Big Twelve. Wow. They were projected last in the Big Twelve, and he's in the Final Four. Don't don't even put anyone else in the conversation. In my opinion. Well, you already told us how your grading scale will work. So based on your grading scale, that is the only option for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that, to me, that's what a coach of the year does: is a person that coaches their team up to where they're not supposed to be. Right. And does it doesn't just do it for a certain. I mean, they they're thirty and six, and they were projected yeah. to go. They were projected to finish last in the Big Twelve. That's phenomenal. Well, they've got a tough task ahead. So forget all that other stuff and focus yeah. on what they've got ahead. But so you got Auburn. They're going to face up against Virginia. Auburn went thirty and nine. It was a twelve game win streak, by the way. I did look it up. 
they went 30 and 9, 11 and 7. They're 30 and 9. They went 11 and 7 in the SEC. Something I thought was pretty cool that ESPN did. They put up their uh, BPI rankings of each team yeah. as far as offense and defense. So I'll kind of reference those. Uh, Auburn's offense, their eighth. And their defense, they're 35th. So it kind of goes with what we were just talking about. Auburn's one of those teams that's their their defense comes from their offense, whereas the other team's offense comes from their defense, in my opinion. Their Auburn will start guarding you and get into you once they if they they hit a three, you better be ready to get pressure on the other end because they're one of those teams that it's like when you play in a park, you score and you're like, dude, I'm hype, I'm guarding this dude tight, right? And they get up into him. I just I worry about what they're going to do with what we were just referencing that Okiki injury. I know they beat Kentucky, but it's a team that you already know. Now you're facing a team that's a style that you haven't played against all season, and a but, team that's only lost three games, and two of them are against one of the best teams in the nation. Yeah, Hunter and Diakite will be big pieces for Virginia in that, and matchup-wise, that's going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely. But I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't count neither team out. I, the thing that surprised me is Virginia's had a couple of games where they've gotten up and down, or at least, I wouldn't say full games. The last game with us. I mean, we yeah. lost by 10 or 12 when we had 75 points against them in the last game against them. Yeah. So, they can score. It's oh. They just want to get, they want to bring you down into the mud where they're at because they know they can win that game easier. Well, it's efficiency, man. I've never seen a team take as many high percentage shots as what. Somehow, they will always get a good look. They've got so many different sets that are simple sets that they run, but they're efficient with their movement. They're going to make you work for the entire possession until you're mentally worn down and then somehow they leave something open. I've, I've been impressed with Clark obviously being a freshman, playing the amount of minutes that he's played. I mean, that's where I worry for Virginia is let's say they do have fresh legs for this Auburn game and I don't want to put the horse before the carriage, but let's say they beat them. How are they going to play Monday? Because yeah. it's been a long season and a couple of these guys will be playing at the next level, so they're going to have to get used to it, but Tough competition to play only six players, seven players a game. By the way, I don't want to pass this up. I forgot to mention this. Yeah. Did the Yum Center have the best games of the tournament with the two Purdue games? Yeah, I was going to say thanks to Purdue. So how, those, how do you want to take that? Those two <laughs> Purdue games, and I'm so mad at myself, by the way. Parker texted me Thursday. Uh, I had truck show last week with people that don't know. I recruit on operator truck drivers. We had the biggest truck show in the, in the world here in Louisville, which a lot of people don't know that. Right. So – with my work being located in Louisville, we got a show out there. Right. So he texts me Thursday, "Hey man, I can get lower levels for the three games for a hundred bucks." I was like, "Matt, can I got to work?" That's unheard of. And I was like, I thought about it later. I was like, "They're not gonna go on." And then I go home and watch that Purdue Tennessee game, and I'm like, "Dude, that game right there is worth a hundred bucks." Yeah. Not knowing that two days later the Purdue Virginia game was gonna be. Just as good, if not way better. Hindsight's twenty twenty on yeah. stuff like that, so I wouldn't sweat it. But obviously, yeah. I mean, hopefully the Yum Center, I mean, everything I saw, everybody really liked it. So I'm hoping the Yum Center will get more in the future coming yeah. up because of that. Absolutely. I, I mean, you think of the two times that, that they've hosted, or two, two of the times that they've hosted. They hosted Kentucky in 2012 when they won the title. Right. Um and then this one, I mean, it, the, they also had the tournament. Uh, they had the tournament when Georgia State got that upset when R.J. Hunter hit that three. That was in the M Center. Seating-wise, they're, they're comparable with some of the other big stadiums, so I think that's a good thing for them. It's like you said, they're not going to be in the national championship probably anytime yeah. soon, but still, 
Anytime you can get Sweet 16, Elite 8 games, that's big right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, one of the thing, one of the gripes, though, I have to give is I've watched Carson Edwards some because, I, uh, again, D's one of my good friends, so right. I'll check him out whenever we're not playing or, or, or something like that. And Carson Edwards has balled all season. Yeah. And the fact that he was second-team All-American behind Cassius Winston I think is a joke. I I don't I don't think Cassius Winston is a better player than him. I don't think he had a better year than him. Carson Edwards was the glue that really pushed this team where they were and almost pushed them to a Final Four by himself in that game, it felt like. Yeah, I think the argument is if you take Carson Edwards off that Purdue team, they fall to, at best, middle of the pack in the Big Ten. Absolutely. If you take Cassius Winston off that Michigan State team, they fall off for sure. But they've got – and I don't know even who you would replace Winston with. Like yeah. That's the even bigger thing. But you just play – I mean, I play McQuaid at the point guard even too. Who cares yeah. who brings it up? Just have somebody get you into your offense. So, I don't know. Edwards, I, I say, is probably the most meaningful player to a team in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I don't – it. It'd be him or John Morant. Yeah, Jaws ja for sure. Ja, yeah, it's John Morant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that dude did everything. That first game, oh, though, man. by the way, that first game against Marquette was – It got ugly quick, too. It was so much fun to watch, though. Yeah. Well, I was wishing it was more of a Howard. The first half was a Howard versus Morant battle a little bit, and second half – I mean, but we saw that's, – that's Murray State basketball right there. Like, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do next year – but that's their brand of basketball. And even we saw that against Belmont going into the tournament. So, And Belmont's a team who obviously got a lot of respect in the tournament. Yeah, I gave them way too much. Yeah. <laughs> I gave them way too much. I thought they were going to pull I thought both of those teams would pull the upset. Something that was interesting, though, if you look at this tournament, every, every nine seed won except for one, I believe it was. Or no, every nine seed won. And then uh, of the twelve of the uh, twelve five matchups, yeah, uh, all of all of the twelves, or no, what was it? It was might have been the t- it was ten sevens. Ten sevens, I think. Yeah, the Florida, ten, Nevada. The ten seven matchups, all the tens won except for one, and the only one to win uh, that was a that Wofford. was a higher seed was Wofford. Um, Iowa beat Cincinnati. Uh, we lost to Minnesota. Florida beat Nevada, which was my dark horse pick to go far in the tournament, and that really crapped the bed quick. Yeah, that one hurt you, and the Iowa State hurt you. But I had Michigan, which killed me, and then obviously North Carolina, which killed me. So everybody has a team that they just miss on. Hey, I'm still in my bracket pool at work, though. Right. I'm in third place right now, and I'm the only one that has anybody left playing. And the whole thing. <laughs> so, if Virginia can get these next two dubs, they may even be, if they just get the next one, I may take the lead. Which they've got a chance for sure. It's like we said, I, I would say percentage-wise, they've got to be the favorite to win it currently. I, I mean, obviously the one seed insinuates that, but playing how the teams are playing right now, they've got to be in the conversation. I feel like this may be one of the most wide-open Final Fours we've had in a while. I feel like you may see there's two teams and you're like, okay, I think these two teams are going to win, the, are going to be in the championship. But as far as all four teams, I don't even I know about that. I'm thinking Final Four. Like, I, I mean, Virginia and Auburn. Auburn's playing as hot as anybody. Texas yeah. Tech and Auburn are the two hottest teams in the country. Yeah. Michigan State has changed a lot of things to get where they're at, and Virginia's done the same thing throughout the entire season. So what that tells me is there's a scouting report out on Virginia. Michigan State. 
Henry, they've got a freshman there. Culver, they've got a freshman there. I mean, which of the freshmen is going to play better, in my opinion? And then, obviously, Auburn is, if they're hitting the threes at the rate that they've been hitting them lately, how do you win a game against them? So, I I get – I think all four teams have a legitimate chance. That's what I'm saying. This is the first year I can remember where I feel like, Okay, I can look down this paper and say right. I could make a I could make a point for Auburn winning. I could make a point for Michigan State winning, Texas Tech and Virginia. Right. I could make a point for all four teams, and I would feel okay with saying, yeah, I could see them winning this. Oh yeah, and, but I don't especially feel, the way they're playing right now. Before the tournament started, yeah. I would not have been able to do that. Obviously, I had Buffalo beating Texas Tech. I yeah. was high on Buffalo, where I wasn't. It wasn't that I was low on Texas Tech. It was just I was high on Buffalo. I mean, I've definitely seen your. Your, your tune changed a little bit towards Texas Tech as the tournament's gone yeah. on because I, I could sense it that you were a little bit lower on them and Culver and I've, yeah. I've seen Culver for sure yeah. Texas Tech I wasn't Texas Tech and Houston I thought both of them were good but as far as were they going to make a major run I didn't see it yeah I mean I don't there's only a few people that saw Texas Tech making this type of run yeah and there's so I mean I don't really think that you're in the minority in saying that but the Final Four, again, for those that have lived under a rock, you got Auburn, Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Virginia. So, like I said before, 30-9, and nine, offense is ranked 8th, defense ranked 35th. And you just mentioned their three-point shooting. Yeah. What's the toughest thing to do when you play in these Final Four and, and championship games in this dome? It's shooting. Yeah. But what does the pack line defense give up? Yeah, but at this point you're like, yeah, I'd rather you shoot the three in a in a dome because more often than not it's going to be so it's going to be tough to judge with that back with that backdrop or lack thereof of a backdrop. I think that's unique to the individual. I don't think that's a true blanket statement, but I do hear that does affect you. And obviously, we both played in different gyms, and there's certain gyms that you like better than others, but. I mean, if these, once again, if any of these guys are going to play at the next level, you better get daggone used to it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hadn't been high on Auburn. I mean, it's obvious I had them losing to New Mexico State. Uh, and they've just, they've as as much as you've become a believer of Texas Tech, is what I have been of Auburn. Yeah. I, I didn't give them credit. And, hey, I'm made of, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to eat my words. I mean, they've shut me up a couple times. I'm very glad they shut me up in the Elite Eight because I'm glad to see them in the Final Four than the other team. So uh, <laughs> there's certain times when you're not upset when they prove you wrong. Right. But they, they match up with Virginia, a team that's 33-3, and 16-2 in the ACC. Again, their only two losses in the ACC regular season was Duke, and then they lost in the in the uh, semifinal against Florida State. Um Here's what's crazy. Offense and defense, they're ranked the same. What do you think they're ranked? Third. Two. Second. Yeah. They're ranked second in both of them. Yeah. Um, I, the, I'm going to say the same thing that I've said the entire time. Uh, outside of when I first picked them. I, I, I mean, first when I first picked them was early, I think it was late November, early December. I think I, I, I'm, you might have been one of the people I told. I said, I feel like Virginia's going to win the title this year. Yeah. And it's the same. They're tired of hearing all these people bringing up this 16 seed loss. 
Well, I heard both sides, too. I heard pressure was off, and then I heard pressure was on because after being the first team, if you repeat again. <laughs> and it looked like it in that first game, dude. And I was oh, like, gosh. you got to be kidding me, man. I'm All my brackets are going to be killed with them losing this first game. The interviews after the game, though, with uh, Hunter, Kyle Guy, and Jerome were brutal, though, because you could hear they were just done with those questions. They were like, okay, we just won. We just put this to bed, and now Tracy is sitting there asking us about, you know, what if. Were you worried? Yeah. Were you worried that it was going to be two years in a row? So you could tell they were irritated with it, which, once again, anytime you can get a chip on your shoulder, any extra motivation, I, I think Tony Bennett was embracing that. He yeah. was good with it. Even after the way he handled it last year, he knew what was going to happen. So. And not only are you battle-tested by what conference you play in, but the conference tournament, but then you play that tough overtime game, come overcome controversy – or not – overcome a, a deficit in the first game against uh, – I can't remember who they played. It was Gardner-Webb. Yep. And then you overcome and hit that miraculous shot to put the game into overtime on Sunday. I mean – they faced a lot of adversity already. So it's, it's almost like – I mean, what else can you really throw at us outside of an injury, which, knock on wood, I hope doesn't happen for anybody. No. Yeah, I pray that doesn't happen for anybody, especially getting to this point because that will affect the outcome of the game in some form or fashion. But you mentioned it statistically where they're at. If you look, field goal percentage is almost identical. Rebounding per game is almost identical. Assists per game is almost identical. Blocks per game is almost identical. The big difference in this is steals per game. The Auburn – Tigers are going to play a little bit more aggressive and play passing lanes and go for steals. But guess what that does? That Those opens shooters. you up to easy buckets. Yeah, yep. Backdoor plays, easy buckets. And uh, Virginia averages almost six steals a game, but they get theirs typically off of silliness, to be yeah. 100% honest. Frustrating defense for yeah. having a team sit and guard for that long. That normally doesn't happen. Well, really, the way I see it is uh, one player tries to take on too much load against them. And if you're going to try to play one-on-one basketball against Virginia, whether that be in the post or off the bounce, that's not going to end well for you. So it's kind of one of those deals. I think Virginia takes advantage of that and maybe puts Auburn's 12-game win streak to bed. But it's like we said, either of those teams could come out of this game. Absolutely, I am going with I am going with Virginia. Uh, I can't go against my my champion now. Uh, I mean, I picked Virginia to win the title from the beginning, so that's who I'm sticking with is Virginia. They've got to be excited. They're not going to see Duke coming across. That'll be oh, absolutely <laughs> or UMBC. <laughs> yeah, but, um, which moves us to our other game. You got Michigan State, thirty-two and six, lost to Louisville, swept by Indiana. Uh, thirty-two and six, sixteen and four in the Big Ten. Uh, half their losses in the Big Ten are in Indiana. How's that feel? Oh man. Uh, offense, defense, very closely ranked. Okay. Offense sixth, defense eighth. Hmm. So, I mean, fishing on both ends again, just like you have Virginia. Oh. Um, I mean, what kind of stuff I wrote wrote down, as much as I kind of dogged out, I think Cassius Winston is good. I just don't think he's first-team All-American over Carson Edwards. Right. I think the Winston, the Cassius Winston senior leadership and the Izzo experience of already being there. Winston's not, a junior, right? Is he a junior? He could be a senior, but I think he's a junior. But either way, it's leadership. That yeah, that doesn't change whether yeah. what his title is. The lead, the leadership of Cassius Winston, yeah. and the experience of Tom Izzo not being there for the first time, like you have, probably in all three of these other coaches. I know the teams. This is the first time for 
three of these guys outside of Bennett being there as an assistant under his dad. I mean, Izzo's been there. Izzo knows what you got to do to set a team up. Izzo knows what you have to do as far as getting his team ready. Well, you want to talk about making players better, but more importantly, getting better as a team. Izzo has to be one of the guys who comes first in line in that. The guy who you were talking about, leadership, who I don't think gets enough credit, and obviously he hit a big shot recently, so he gets a little bit more, but Goins. Goins is, dude, that that dude is a key piece to them. And once again, when you're looking on the scouting report, he's not somebody who's going to jump out to you. Obviously, Ward is the big guy who kind of jumps out to you, but with him being hurt, he stepped up and taken leadership of that team. I mean, Goins is that prototypical Michigan State player that you and I have talked about. Yeah. He's the stretch for that. They, it seems like they have one every year. Fifth-year guy. Yeah. I mean, you have Valentine. You have him. Yeah. Uh, you have Draymond Green. I mean, granted, there's time frames in between, but they always have that stretch for that plays like the exact same role. Well, they do everything for you. They don't turn the ball over, and they stuff the stat sheet with efficiency. Yeah. Defend um, multiple positions. Then you you move to Texas Tech, who's 30-6, and 14-4 and four in the Big 12. 33rd on offense. Okay. But this is where they make it up. They're one on defense in this yeah. BPI. Culver, Mr. Everything for him, leads them in every major stat. Leads them in rebounding, leads them in scoring, and leads them in assists. And it's the thing that you say before every game that they've played. If you can stop Culver, you'll stop Texas Tech. But no one has done that. Yeah, is this no. is this the time that someone does with Michigan State? If he's hitting jumpers, though, he's tough to guard. You've got to beat him with team defense. Yeah, if you haven't gotten to watch Culver yet, um, watch him in the Final Four because you're going to enjoy him. I really hope he doesn't have a bad game just because I said that, but you'll enjoy watching Jared Culver. Oh, you're going to see him at the next level. So whether you watch him now or watch him later, you're yeah. going to see him. And. Um, I think I don't know if I said it on here just a minute ago or if I said it to you earlier. I think he's playing himself into the top five. I mean, he was already projected top ten before the tournament. I think he's playing himself into the top five. And I'll be honest with you, you can call me crazy all you I want. I know who you're going to take. I'm out taking him over Barrett. I'm taking him over Barrett. I'm tired of I'm tired of the Barrett praise. I've said it to you off off mic a lot. I. I mean, Barrett has done nothing but gone downhill all season for me. He's a terrible, he's a terrible shot taker. He takes the worst shots I've seen for a, a star player for a while, and he's not a great outside shooter. It's just yeah, he's good outside shooter, but he's not great. That's for sure. He's and, not a consistent outside shooter. I'll say. Yeah, well, the other thing is I don't think, like, uh, he, you know how some people create their own outside jump shot? He's not a guy who creates his own outside jump shot. He's no. a guy who you kick it to him on the wing, he's open, and he can knock it down. But, yeah, it's like you said, it, it's not a – I always feel like I, – I don't know why, and I'm not a lefty, but I feel like people with a lefty jump shot, lefty stroke, it looks a lot prettier than a righty for some reason. I'm with you on that. They always have kind of that high elbow chicken wing, which you don't normally see, or it's tucked in, but it's high in. Tight. Except like, for Tayshaun right. Prince, I never really felt like his jumper looked good, but it always oh, went in. Oh my goodness, yeah. I was not, I mean, form-wise, it's not uh, how you're supposed to necessarily shoot it, but it's like you said, when it's splashing the net, what what do you say to yeah. him? Hey, that a boy, keep shooting it. And when yeah. he's coming across half-court pulling, hey. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was against you all, wasn't it? Multiple times, when he had, I think he had seven threes against you all in a game in yeah. Rupp Arena. Yeah. But, 
And he did it then in the uh, alumni game, too. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I I know I said this already. So many people are crapping on this Final Four. I'm really pumped to watch these games, though, to be honest. Uh, Because they're just crapping on it because Duke's out. Uh, In Kentucky. Well, locally, yeah, but I think I I don't think there's a ton of people who across the country want to watch that Kentucky team. That's not a style of basketball that people love. Unless they lose it, I get that. But I'm just saying that's not a style of basketball. Like you look at a Duke style of basketball, they'd like to watch that. You look at like an LSU and Auburn, maybe even Florida State. Florida State's probably too defensive, but. Um, I I saw this uh, tweet and it said this is the first time since sometime in the in the eighties I think or it might have been the seventies that it was like Duke North Carolina Louisville Kentucky Kansas. Indiana Kansas and I think that was all of them I think so that ha- at least one of them hadn't been in the final four and it was like the early eighties did or you something. put U of L in there right yeah yeah U of L was on there for sure it, it was yeah. I saw it, and I was like, I would not have guessed that necessarily, no. but it makes sense. Um, but I'm I'm taking uh, I'm taking Texas Tech in that game. I think Culver is going to continue to push his team up, push his team forward. Uh, defense travels, and True. the number one rated defense, and you have probably the best player in the Final Four. I would say. Do you have what Michigan State? What did you say Michigan State was ranked defensively? Did uh, you say that eighth. eighth? So think about it. If you're a top ten, that's yeah. not. I, I get one and eight are a big difference, but on paper, you look at the stat sheets and uh, what they do per game. I see two differences. Rebounding is going to be a big difference in this game, in my opinion, or an important factor. And assist. Texas Tech gets a lot of points off straight line drives. Michigan State plays more of a team defensive strategy than what. So, being as though we're taking opposite on everything we've done today, I'll go ahead and take Michigan State. Oh, so you took Auburn in the Virginia game? Oh, no, no, no. We did both. Okay, I was about to say. Don't do that to me. I was about to say, I thought you took Virginia. No, I took Virginia as well, too. I was thinking Texas, and then I wasn't even thinking Virginia for some reason. (laughs) But, but yeah, I think in this one, um, team defense, the assists will play a role in that. Michigan State averages almost 19 a game, whereas Texas Tech is at 14. Rebounding will be a big difference, too. And then I'm hoping Ward – I mean, it's like I said, i got no dog in this fight, but I think Ward could be the difference maker for Michigan State. With that hurt hand, he's going to have to play through that pain. But Texas Tech doesn't have a guy who can guard him if he's doing what he does best, turning over that right shoulder and finishing with that left hand. So, I mean, I don't – again, I don't want Michigan State to win. Because I'm not a Big Ten fan. Yeah. But, hey, it's whatever. I I, I just want to see good games. As long as both of or th- all three of these games, the two Final Four games and the championship games are good games, I don't care. Because right. I haven't seen my team in the title game since 2013. And before that, I had never seen my team in a title game. And guess what? March Madness was still my favorite thing in the world. So, if the games are good, I don't care. I mean, we had, our, not to bring this up, the arguably the best tournament, the championship that I've seen in my lifetime was the game you all lost. Yeah, Bill and That game was just a phenomenal game. And it's tough to step out of it and say as a team, as a fan of a team, when your team lost, that game was great. But God bless oh, that, battle. Game, that game. Mark, was the page that game was or The shot that Paige hit. I mean, that's why I say I, and, I can't really be – I can be mad at it, but I can't be pissed because it's it one of those Isn't it funny how the shot before the shot always gets forgotten? Because you yeah. think of the shot Jenkins. around the world. I'm talking about the uh, – Chris, sh- Chris Jenkins was the one who hit the three at the end. 
No, I'm talking about the the Leitner shot. Oh, you always hear about the Leitner shot, but you don't ever hear about the shot before but from Kentucky. Right, which was a phenomenal shot. And then you have this one where Paige hits one of the most ridiculous shots I've ever seen. A prayer. Let's be real. It was a prayer. He literally went up, brought it down like Steve Francis in a dunk contest, and then threw it up and it went in. And I stood up and was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I mean, he brought MJ to his feet. Yeah, well, it was another lefty, so it was like, all right, it looked good, but it was, when I was watching it live, I'm like, no, no, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then it goes in, and then he comes down, and I don't know if you felt, I, I knew it was going in as soon as he shot at Jenkins. Oh, it was it, a beautiful play, it, too. It, and he just, he threw it up there, and you're like, yeah, it's going in. You know the craziest thing was his brother was on North Carolina's team. Nate Britt and Jenkins are, you know, I, I say brother, I think that might be, they might be stepbrothers. They might yeah. be adopted brothers. Whatever, whatever it may be, they grew up together. So you yeah. had Nate Britt or Chris Jenkins. One of them was taking the L, and yeah. Chris Jenkins helped North Carolina take that L. It was a salty one to say the least. Yeah, I mean, for one year, you all won it the next, though. Well, one year felt like a long year. That was more <laughs> than three hundred and sixty-five days. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that would move my championship to be in Virginia and Texas Tech. Uh, I. Defensive battle that I'm sure no one's gonna. Everyone's gonna be like, I don't want to watch this. Uh, I want to watch, but I want to watch it. I'm gonna watch the championship. I don't of ever course. not watch the championship. On a uh, Monday night, what do they have to do better? Too, yeah, by the way, it, nothing. I can't wait to watch that championship game, regardless of who's in it. I think there's gonna be a great storyline coming out of it, though, because think about it. I could realistically, obviously, I'm calling Virginia versus Michigan State. That's yeah. probably the favorites coming out of there, right? Yeah. But if you have Texas Tech versus Auburn, then you have two teams. You're going to have a first-team champion. Yeah, nobody expected that in a first-team champion. Let's think about this. When's the last time we've had a first-time champion? I I know the answer just because I saw this earlier. But can you name the last time a team won a championship the first time they were in there? No. It's not as hard as you would think. Yeah, I've still got nothing. UConn in 99. Hmm. Rip Hamilton and Khalid Alamee, they they won the title in 99, their first year that they'd ever been. Okay. First time they ever made it, they won. Well, and that started a hot streak for them, yeah. so maybe that will That's why I said it's really not that tough because you think they've won, what, four now? Five maybe? They won 99, uh, 04. Well, they've just been relevant. That's my thing is think about it. They've played in the Big East, which at that time was the toughest competition you could have. I would personally compare it to won, the ACC. I think they've currently. won four in the last 20 years. <laughs> I mean, that's nice because they won one with Kimbo, one with Shabazz Napier, the one with uh, they won one with uh, Ben Rip. Gordon and, and Amek Okafor, and then one with Rip, I thought. So that would be four. I believe they have four of them. Uh, 99, 04, 2000. 11 and then 2014? Yeah, 2013, 2014, 2011, 2010, 99. So they don't have one in between there? 2004, yep. Woo, look at uh, your boy. Yeah. Yeah, because 05. One day later, the women's basketball team won a national championship. Yeah, because I was about so to say. That's got to be a first two. 05 was you on 03, I believe, was uh, Mello. Mellow and, Car- and uh, Syracuse. By the way, maybe I'll do it on here one time, and you can be my my backup. There yeah. was to, to prove that I'm actually doing it. I did this one day. I nerded out with uh, Smitty and DJ. I went back to like '62 and Goodness. named the national champion of every year. Yeah, that's impressive. And I was like, 
I don't even know what got me to start doing that. I just did it one day, and Smitty was like, did you really just do that? And I was like, I don't know how I did that, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, that's it's weird how you just have different types of memories that come to you with certain different things. I don't know why I remember that, though. I, but I can remember, well, 05, the reason I remember that champion is because we made it to the Final Four, and you all won it. Like, you all won, what, 05, 09, I believe, and then... 2016 I'm a guy who I don't care it's all about the next yeah, one yeah get the next one but I'm again I'm taking we've already broken down the teams I'm taking Virginia to beat uh, Texas Tech I think the team defense like you said with Michigan State over Texas Tech I think the team defense of Virginia will be too much for, for Culver to overcome yeah uh, I like the matchup of Hunter and Culver though I am gonna I am kind of interested in seeing that uh, matchup we may see in the future uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be I'd be interested in seeing that matchup. Different styles of play, though. I think Culver's obviously got the speed advantage over anybody that he plays, but but Hunter's pretty solid, so yeah. that will be a very intriguing matchup. And then obviously um, having Salt playing some more minutes now, but Diakite taking the majority of them. It's and like, then, uh, hey Diakite, let's go ahead and wake you up in the Louisville game. That was like his coming out party. He's done nothing but just play great since he killed us in that first game in Yum Center. He fits that system so well, though, and he's a guy who gets points off like sets you don't run for him. So he's just a guy who's going to cut to the basket well. He's going to screen well. He's going to offensive rebound well. And then obviously his biggest role is defending. And he is quick. I mean, he is fleet of foot. And, uh, yeah, I, I think probably Virginia is going to take it all as well too. Obviously mine's over Michigan State. But tough, tough to pick anybody else against them. He still looks like a meteor man villain, by the way. Yeah. does. If you haven't looked, I'll show you after this. Kel. He looks like Eric Tech. Cisco. You remember Tech from Real World? <laughs> that was one my buddy Tim brought up the other day. He was like, is that Tech from Real World? And I was like, that's a pretty good one. I didn't think of that one. Uh, but uh, recently we had uh, a retirement of a guy that both of us liked. He was on the title team on a team that both of us liked. This is true. The 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. If I recall, they were down three to one. I believe, yeah, I believe that's what the the deficit was. Kind of important. Yeah. So my power move this week is going to be a quote from Mr. Channing Fry, which when I remember watching him play at Arizona in his early years in the NBA, I never really thought that I would come to love Channing Fry. Yeah. But just like you can't help but love him because of the jokester that he is. He's hilarious. Like I, yeah. I, I love Channing Fry. Him, Richard Jefferson, and LeBron together was hilarious. Oh, it was to unreal. Yeah. <laughs> so much knowledge though too. What the thing was is they were veterans, so they had they pulled no punches when joking on LeBron. No. Yeah, they, they were the only ones who could probably yeah. do that. And he thought it was hilarious. It. Yeah. And that was what made it even better. So they still do it to this day. I yeah. still see them all the time dropping stuff on them. So Channing Fry decides he's going to retire, and I'm going to leave a, a couple of choice words out of this. Luckily, it's at the end, so I don't have to read it. Right. But the quote says, Channing Fry on how he'd like to be remembered. Listen, I'm rich, I'm a champion, I'm 35 and retiring, and I'm living a great life. So if you think I suck, I'll see you at LA Fitness in a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he means it. I yeah, guarantee you he means like, it. Like when I saw that, I was like, that's so Channing Fry and yeah. I love it. 
the competitive juices flow heavily. If you get to that level, you're not giving it up that easy. So yeah. I'm sure there will be somebody who will cross the line. He'll give them buckets, and that will be a memory for that person who he gave buckets to for the rest of his life. That would be one of those when you tell your grandson about somebody scoring on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, And the thing is, is, I'm with you. I think he really means that. Like, I legitimately think he's going to go to L.A. Fitness yeah. and play. Well, it tells me, too, he's heard what people have said about him recently. And, I mean, they've been saying that for the last four years. Too slow. I mean, when he left Orlando, you know, I even wondered what, what type of addition he could be to Cleveland. And uh, I wasn't hating on him. I just thought that wasn't the exact piece. It's kind of like, kind of reminded me of the Antoine Jameson deal, where I was like, you're getting a guy past his prime who fits the role that we need, but can he do what he needs to do to yeah. fill that role? So, yeah, I, I would love, I mean, if, if he tells us what LAC, I would love to be the guy who he <laughs> yeah. puts those buckets on. Um, but it, it, I hope he enjoys it, man. So yeah, so so what what do you got as your power move? Well, we'll stick with the NBA, and then obviously there was a couple of two good games on last night, and probably the game that shined the most was going to be Denver versus Golden State. There were some implications for first place in the West in that game, and that game lived up to the hype as far as a great game, but it was not a close game. Still a good game to watch. The game before that, though, you had OKC and um, the Lakers, and uh, Russ came in with a mindset, and uh, Russ usually does that where he's going to just do what he wants to do yeah, and sets an all-time record. So my power move of the week is going to be Russ Westbrook, um, 21, 20, and 20, and uh, second time ever to happen in the NBA, which blew my mind that obviously Wilt was the other one, which anytime you hear these Stats that are like mind blowing, you can pretty much write it down. It's going to be Wilt. Unless yeah. it's assist, then you're not going to hear him in yeah, that category. But he, he did it. Well, 20, 20, and 20 is stupid. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it blew my mind. In the last rebounds he had, I know somebody will say, hey, stat padded. Okay, let's just say 21, 19, and 20. I don't care, bro. That is that is crazy. So here, here's the thing: for the people that say he's stat padding, okay, yeah, I want you to put your NBA my player on 2K on rookie and go and get 20, 20, and 20. Well, I want to set yeah. it to 12 minute games. <laughs> You're not going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to do it. So the fact that any of these people are saying that. First of all, these guys are professionals. They know that they have to play well to get another contract. They're not going to let their teammates steal all the stats from them to not get another contract. Yes and no. I, I agree with you in the sense of it's very impressive. I disagree with you in the sense of technically, in my opinion, it is stat padding. But stat padding has a negative connotation. I don't find this negative at all because if you look at the end of the game last night, like he, everybody knew where he was at. And obviously he had that discussion either before the game or during the game of what he wanted to do. And you look at the threes that Schroeder was shooting at the end where Westbrook, Westbrook could have drove, could have got a bucket, and typical Westbrook would have been downhill. Maybe he would have taken those shots. But instead of taking those shots, he's looking for the assist. So in my opinion, that's the definition of stat padding. He's still got to knock the shot down. For sure, and that's why I say stat padding has a negative connotation to it, but it's intentional um, stat 
Gaining. To me, to me, a stat padding is someone throwing it off the rim and grabbing it on purpose. That's someone padding their stats. Yeah. Well, he did kind of try to do that. The last rebound of the game, the offensive rebound, he clearly shoves the guy in the back, which I'm good with because, you know, he, he still got the rebound. But then he throws up a shot to go get the rebound, which luckily they didn't count as a rebound. And yeah. then he goes down and gets that rebound on the other end, which – Showed me even too. I was surprised like that. I thought there was a chance they could have counted the second one as a rebound, and he already had it. But it's like I said, I I think there is some intentional going into it type of stuff. But whatever you want to define that as, I'm good with because it's like I said, I, I find it. I'm giving him praise. I'm not absolutely I've got nothing bad to say about him. No, I mean because I hate the people that are saying he's the reason they. That guy wants to win more than anybody in the NBA. You can you can throw anybody up there. I don't care. I'm throwing him up number one. That dude wants to win more than anybody in the NBA. Well, their big three is smaller than any of the big threes that we've seen in the past with Westbrook and PG as their front runners. But I, I, I'd put their big guy. Um, Steven Adams. Yeah, I, I'd put him in the conversation of being a big three. The way he's been playing recently, if he can uh, score in the paint a little bit more, that that helps that team a lot because that opens up the three ball for PG and then obviously Westbrook to do what he does and then those lobs come from that. Yeah. So it moves forward to me. I have a beef. It's been two weeks. Dun, dun, dun. And everyone knows what time of the year this is. Everyone knows what happens this time of the year. It's March sadness for me. It's, it's it was still, March it's, sadness. Yeah, it's still a great tournament. It's been a great tournament. We can both agree on that. But what happens during March? The NCAA men's basketball tournament. And beginning of April, you should specify. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about baseball. Stop trying to get me hyped up for opening day. I don't care. I don't care if the Cubs will choke again. I don't care that I don't care. I don't care. It's basketball season still. And then not only that, don't talk to me about baseball until after June. Yeah. For all the fans out there, I've diagnosed this. You're salty about old Brycey boy coming coming to the. Well, I mean, team. he would be part of my beef too because that bum freaking hit that home run last night. Then bat flip. Yeah. How did he do today when they lost on a walk off walk? Yeah, I suck. don't think he was flipping any back Sucks to today. suck today, Phillies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, eat that one. And then it suck. It looked like it was a close game. I uh, did not watch because it's human pinball. The government designed it to take anybody who wanted I'm to not, play baseball know, why out. We, why are we even going to this? It, don't talk about baseball until basketball is completely over. I just wanted to make sure everybody was clear. Don't talk to me about it. I don't care unless it's college baseball. I'll listen to college baseball because college baseball is still okay with me because I'm a Louisville fan before I'm a fan of anything else. But don't talk to me about Major League Baseball. I want to implement this rule in my life, but I want it to be just what you just said. Don't talk to me about baseball. I'd be okay with that. No you just don't want to hear about it at all. No, if the Phillies are anywhere, they're losing, winning, I'll always have a conversation about the Phillies. I love the Phillies. But anything else revolving around baseball, I'm not a fan. It's like I said, government conspiracy to kill people who like baseball. It's it's out there, and it's real, bro. <laughs> Operation EXP14X1. Dash four dot a. No, section B. But section don't B. talk to me about baseball season when the NCAA tournament's still going on, dude. Yeah. And then we got the Masters, which is still better than baseball. And then you got Finals. the NBA playoffs. Yep. Stop. Stop bringing it up. I promise I won't anymore. I promise. I'm done I with. Make you that I'm done with seeing air. people share stuff on Facebook. Oh, it's opening day. Who cares? 
I did share cleats that were worn on opening day. Cleats and, are different, bro. And what the people threw the first pitches out. But I enjoy all that stuff. And, yeah, it's like I said. I, but you're a shoe guy. Yeah. So you're not a baseball guy. You're no. a shoe guy. Stop talking about baseball when it's basketball season, man. I could do that. Especially in this area. I'd rather hear about recruits coming into the college level next year personally. Hey, by the way, I was reading today. Cole Anthony wanted, going to the uh, Carolina Tar Heels. No. All of our, all of, uh, all of our freshmen will be there by June 12th. Oh. <laughs> well, On campus, that. baby. Cole Anthony, <laughs> Matthew Hurt. I care about those two. Where's Matthew Hurt end up? Kansas? I think maybe Kentucky, unfortunately. Let's hope not. I don't need another person to dislike. Which the interesting thing is that's a style of game that does not really – I mean, I don't see it being – Translated into a Kentucky system, so I think you guys get Cole Anthony. Though I've said that I to you before, so. I think you guys get Cole Anthony. I think that the whole thing that he was waiting on, because if you look at the list of schools that he has, like Wake Forest is on there. Obviously, Danny Manning is. I the, think Duke was on there as well. Duke was no, the, not anymore. I think they were a front runner at the beginning. Yeah, but Oregon is on there now. Wake Forest, UNC. And then there's maybe a Vanderbilt or somebody else who's a smaller teams who I did not expect. By the way, side note, not to interrupt you, did you see who Vander, Vandy, Vanderbilt is going to hire, looks like? Uh, yeah, Stackhouse, right? Yeah, but that could be a nice hire for them, dude. Yeah, but why? What happened with... Uh... Bryce Drew? Yeah. Hey, they suck. Yeah, but... They've sucked for a while. They yeah, but he's only time. been there for, what, three four, years? Four years, and they sucked all four yeah, years. Yeah, but they got Garland, and Garland got hurt. They're losing Simi Shitu or whatever, however you pronounce his name. I easy, man. We, easy, man. We don't, we don't yeah. curse on the podcast. I did not curse. I said his name. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. But he just declared for the draft, I think, today. But I think what I was saying was I think the Cole Anthony thing all goes back to was Kobe White going to be there or not. If Colby White is at North Carolina, Cole Anthony would have gone to there Oregon. Go. Which the thing is, they've got Pritchard there too, so I don't know why he would have gone there. But I'm hoping now, to me, you can mark that. That should be my lock of the week. Take out Anthony. one hair, bring in another. That's right. Take out one hair, bring in another, because he's got some crazy hair as well. He's. I've watched him a couple of games this year in his high school Oak Hill level. And the games that he had with a hurt ankle after injuring his ankle were the games that impressed me the most because I saw he could play without the speed and athleticism. The other guy who I'm, I promise you, whoever gets this kid, this kid is going to be a stud, but Precious Achua. Plays, oh, that kid's a monster. Plays for Montverde right now, but he's still undecided. If somehow, and I said hurt earlier, if we could get, if North, meaning North Carolina could get Cole Anthony and Precious Achua, that's a good start to replacing the pieces that we lost yeah. this year. By the way, uh, I told you about the the Louisville game I went to yesterday and how John said that the pitcher looked like you. Guess where the pitcher went to high school? Where? Montverde. Did he? Yeah. I was like, wow. I, never I wonder heard. how their baseball program is yeah. there. I mean, I'm sure it's got to be decent because that's yeah. what those type of schools do is they produce all-stars or, you know, professionals. Yeah. So, guys, hopefully you enjoyed our uh, Final Four kind of preview here. Um, and, you know, kind of recap of what's happened so far in the tournament. Sorry we had to take last week off. Like I said, uh, I had that truck show and had to do all that stuff with that, and then we couldn't get one this weekend because he was in a wedding. I still had the truck show. and I uh, didn't choose to be in a wedding. I was yeah. forced. Yeah, so. And it wasn't mine. Yeah. I, he's still single. Just to let you guys know. No, I'm just not married. He's still single. Uh, Depends who's asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, keep liking. Keep sharing. 
warmer weather feels like it's finally staying. Yep. Don't forget those shirts. Those shirts are going to be discontinued on the eighth. So you got five, five days. more days to to order them. The hats will stay up, yep. but the shirts will not. Yep. Uh, feel free to order both of them and or one. Doesn't matter. We we'll, and or three. Yeah, we will be happy with you ordering any of them. And we uh, appreciate all that too. That that helps us a ton. Um, that that allows us to do what we want to do and spend more time focusing on this instead of what actually pays the bills for us. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. If this can get to uh, a point to where we don't even have to really think of designs anymore, where we have people doing that because our stuff's doing as well as it as we want it to. I mean, yeah. that would be fantastic. Lately, the Tuesday nights where I've been dancing for dollar bills hasn't been as good as what I've been hoping for lately. So, you know, I'm going to have to rethink that strategy here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I told you that years ago because I didn't really think you had the dance moves to do it. True. I, I, I do I hear that. I thought the bod helped a little bit. But I now notice I didn't that. say anything about the physique because I didn't say you didn't have the physique. You just don't have <laughs> the, the moves. The dance moves. I'm allergic to dancing. So yeah, that, that the, makes the sense. moves. I, it's funny because I've never seen, all jokes aside, I've never seen BJ dance. Nobody has except for the ladies who are throwing the dollar bills. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. It's, so, guys, keep liking, keep sharing, and, and keep enjoying this weather because this weather's been nice. Yep. I'm going to get you better, and then I'm going to beat you to death. That's Absolutely. <laughs> keep liking, keep sharing, and beef out. <laughs>